fascinating thing about Jesus' Sermon on the Mount is how much he goes against the common sense of the day and really gets to the heart of the matter. That's what this sermon focuses on. It was originally recorded February 16th, 2014 at Castle Rock Middle School. And our guest preacher this Sunday was Vicar Jason Williams from Westminster, Colorado. Jesus, in his Sermon on the Mount, which we have recorded in Matthew 5 through 7, part of which we read today, he wants all of his listeners, his disciples, including you and me, to get at the heart of the matter concerning his commandments. He wants us to get at the heart of the matter, recognizing that our hearts are corrupted with sin. Understanding, but trusting and knowing that Jesus' heart conquered sin for you and for me. In the, in the verse right before our lesson today, Jesus shocked his listeners. He said, I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. Are you kidding me, Jesus? I mean, seriously, the Pharisees, the teachers of the law, they're the most pious people in our community, in our society. They are, they, they set the example, the standard, right? Yeah, they, they set the example. The, the Pharisees, they love to brag about their, their, uh, their righteous living. But Jesus, Jesus had divine insight and divine authority concerning God's commandments, didn't he? And so now Jesus explains to them and to us what he meant when he said to surpass the Pharisees and their outward obedience of the law by getting at the heart of the matter. Jesus, he first turns his attention to the fifth commandment, right? The fifth commandment, I, it was said, do not murder but I tell you that anyone who is angry with his brother will be subject to judgment. The heart of the matter concerning the fifth commandment. Anger and hatred also break God's command. They also oppose his will. Hate and anger start in the heart and they are those first steps that lead to that heinous crime of taking another person's life. Yes, and, 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 and so we might, we might say, do they have the same sentence, though? I mean, think about it. A murderer, what, they get life in prison or the death penalty in some states and countries. But does our society, can our society ever punish hatred or anger? I want you to think about what the Apostle John said in his first letter about hatred. He said, anyone who hates his brother is a murderer. Yeah, we have lots of variances in our legal code with, with crime and punishment, but God doesn't. The heart of the matter, according to God, all sin is damnable. All sin carries the sentence of death, eternal death in hell, separation from God forever. Yes, yes, and that, 
And so you, you might say, sure, sure, I, I can hide the hate. I can hide it deep down. And nobody will ever see it. And you won't spend a day in jail. But God is aware. God gets at the heart of the matter. Our hearts, yours and mine, corrupted by the sins of, of hatred and anger for other people. I want you to page back in the Bible a little bit, in your, in your mind kind of. Page back to the beginning of the Bible, Genesis chapter 4. You remember Genesis chapter 4? It comes right after Genesis chapter 3. And, and Adam and Eve had fallen into sin. They fell into sin and now they were, they, they were cast out of that wonderful garden. They were cast out of the garden and then also the world was corrupted and cursed. And you know that included their children. Cain and Abel. Both of these brothers, they brought an offering to the Lord. And, and Abel, he brought his offering out of love and trust in his God. Cain, not so much. And when Cain saw that the Lord's favor rested upon Abel's offering, the Bible tells us that he became very angry. He let hate for his brother just, just start welling up in his heart. And even God came to him and said, Cain, sin is crouching at your door. But Cain, he heaped sin upon sin, didn't he? And his hate for, for, hatred for his brother, the sin of the heart, manifested itself into sin of action, murder. The heart of the matter for Cain. Cain's heart, corrupted by hate and anger. And now Jesus says to all of his disciples, does anger and hatred dwell in your heart? Sure, you could, you could put on a pretty picture, paint a pretty picture on the outside, and you would just be like the Pharisees. But remember, Jesus, he gets at, God, he gets at the heart of the matter. In our hearts. Our hearts are corrupted with those sins. Jesus, he goes on, right? He goes on talking about the heart of the matter according to the sixth commandment. And he first points out with this commandment, lust from the heart. But I tell you, that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So you think that you've been keeping this commandment perfectly. Think again, Jesus says. Lustful looking might not ever be detected by anybody else in the room, especially your husband or wife. In fact, you might even say, who cares? I'm just looking, I'm not touching, I'm not doing anything. But it offends your God, and Jesus calls it adultery and a sin. And aren't there so many temptations of this kind in our world today? Temptations for us to, to satisfy our sexual appetites, to temptations to, to treat a man or a woman as only an object and nothing more? I'm sure that you'd all have to agree with me there. You know, there was a powerful man. He was a king. 
He had so many blessings in this life. And, and he knew it. He knew it. And what more could he ask for? And one night, you know, he, he had to clear his mind. A lot of things going on. He, he gets up. He couldn't sleep. He, he goes for a walk on the, the roof of his palace. And he hears some splashing or pouring of water. And he looks and he sees a beautiful woman bathing. And he just had to have her. Yeah, King David, we heard about him in our first lesson this morning. He committed adultery with Bathsheba. Adultery, not just with the act, but also the lust, the lustful looking beforehand, Jesus indicates. The heart of the problem for David, David's heart corrupted with lust. Jesus, he goes on even more about the Sixth Commandment, doesn't he? And this was the part that I pointed out that the NIV 2011, I think, does better. But I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife except for sexual immorality makes her the victim of adultery. And anyone who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Yeah, Jesus, he gets at the heart of the Sixth Commandment. The heart of divorce it's adultery. It makes victims of adultery. Because of sin, Moses, he, he made provision for the Israelite men to write a certificate of divorce and to send their wives away. But you know what? This really got abused, as you can imagine. The, the, uh, the religious leaders of the day, they allowed divorce for any situation, any little trivial matter. And you know what? We look at our world today it's no surprise that divorce is prevalent in our day and age as well. You know, a man doesn't love his wife as much as he used to. Or her cooking, it was just wasn't, wasn't up to par. Or anything else in between. And divorce is sanctioned then and also today. Jesus, he gets at the heart of the matter. Selfishness, self-centeredness has corrupted our hearts. And you know, our hearts are so corrupted that what God hates, well, that's what we do. The prophet Malachi, he records these words for us in chapter 2. I hate divorce, says the Lord God of Israel. And I hate a man's covering his wife with violence as well as with his garment, says the Lord Almighty. So guard yourself in your spirit and do not break faith. Yes, God does hate divorce, doesn't he? And you know, the only exception that Jesus gives is really no exception at all, is it? But it's a recognizing that the marriage bond has already been broken by some form of sexual immorality. And yet Jesus still doesn't say that divorce has to follow. Yeah, the heart of the matter. Our hearts, corrupted by lust and selfishness. And then the final section, you know, we probably could put it underneath the commandment of the second commandment, honoring God's name, or the eighth commandment, honoring our neighbor's name and reputation. Jesus says, do not swear at all, whether by, by heaven, because it's God's throne, earth, it's its footstool, by Jerusalem, it's the city of the great king, or even by your own head. But 
simply let your yes be yes and your no, no? So easy, so quickly we let the words of gossip fall from our lips. So easily, so quickly we let, let the words, I swear to God, or cross my heart, hope to die. Really? You hope to die? You invoke the Lord's name for something so trivial, maybe something that you're even lying about. Jesus, he wants us to think about our speech. He wants us to to recognize that needless swearing isn't appropriate whether we use God's name or not. And he also wants us to guard our neighbor's reputation with our words. Make our words as good as gold so that we have that trustworthy reputation. Do all of this. Do all of these things perfectly, Jesus says, and you will live. Cleanse out that all of the sin from your heart and follow God's commands. Yes, Jesus, he's getting at the heart of the matter, right? Wow. I mean, I tell you, uh, when you look at Matthew 5, did you understand God's commandments that way? Maybe it's a refresher for some of you. But I mean, the, if you don't, don't worry. The Pharisees, they didn't either. Neither did the teachers of the law. Not only just the actions, but also the thoughts, the attitudes of your heart. And who can live up to Jesus' demands? Who can do it? Can I? Can your pastor? Can, can any of you? Who can surpass the Pharisees and their outward adherence to some of God's laws? Who can surpass them in a pure heart and pure thoughts? No one can. And isn't that Jesus' point? It is. It's Jesus' point. Because God gets at the heart of the matter, where can we hide? How can you and I, how can we approach a holy God and ask Him for forgiveness and and His heaven? Only because of Jesus. Jesus came to get at the heart of the matter for all of you and for me. Jesus' heart. He shows God's heart forgiving and destroying and conquering sin in our place and for us. And Jesus, he did exactly what he preached, didn't he? Go to his prayer. We're going to say it, pray it in just a few moments. Go to his prayer. And Jesus, he teaches all of us and models for us to keep God's name hallowed and holy. Go to Samaria to Jacob's well there, and meet the woman who Jesus told everything that she had ever done and also told her to keep the marriage bed pure. Go to Cana and see Jesus rejoicing with the happy couple at their wedding and even performing his first miracle for them. But also see Jesus glorifying what God has joined together as one flesh that no one should separate. 
go to the garden on Monday, Thursday evening and see Jesus healing his enemy's ear. Go to the cross. Go to the cross and hear Jesus pray, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. Stay at the cross and see your Savior, your Savior accomplishing redemption for you and for me at the cross by His blood and His righteousness. Thanks be to God. He gives us the victory over the hate, the anger, the murderer inside of you and inside of me. He gives us the victory over the lust and the sexual temptations that bombard us every single day. He gives us the victory over the separation and the divorce that has come into your life. Thanks be to God, He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And now what? Well, now we're getting to the heart of the matter. Jesus' heart. Jesus' heart, His love, His grace, which brought Him willingly to the cross in order to conquer sin for you and for me. And what's the heart of the matter in our lives today? It still is Jesus' heart. Jesus' heart motivates all of us. It motivates me to get rid of and repent of that anger that I do have for my brother and sometimes even for my wife and children. Jesus' heart motivates you to settle the disputes that you have with your family and friends, but also your fellow members here at Eternal Rock. So that you can live in peace and unity in the Lord and and carry out the work that He has called you to do here as a church. Jesus' heart motivates all of us men, and I see many of you out there, to repent of the lust in our hearts. And to thank God for the women that he has given to us. And to honor and respect them. Especially our sisters in Christ Jesus. And Jesus' heart motivates all of us to encourage husbands and wives. To live and to keep their promises and their vows made on their wedding day. Yes, Jesus' heart also motivates us to keep God's name holy. And it motivates us to to keep our eyes focused on His means of grace. His word that we gladly hear and learn it regularly. His supper that we we cherish it and that we, we come to it and desire it. All the times that it is available for us. The means of grace where the Holy Spirit comes and cleanses our hearts and sets our spirits right. Brothers and sisters, now we're getting down to it. This is God's truth. Now we're getting at the heart of the matter. Sure, our hearts are corrupted by sin, but in baptism, the new man was also created. But yes, trusting in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, His heart, that forgives us our sins and purifies us from all unrighteousness. And with that trust in our Savior, let us pray the words that King David prayed 
Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Amen.